Welcome to another episode of the Dumb and Dumbest Podcast, a music industry podcast where everything is terrible and the house is on fire. I'm Matt Bacon here with my beautiful co-host, Keith of Ghost Cult Mag. What up, what up, what up? And Keith, what are we talking about today in this quick bonus round? Bonus round episode. Let's talk about this crazy week of tours. A lot of tours have been announced this week. And uh, in a previous podcast life, we had been discussing how the trend was going away from these package tours and kind of the destination fests were popping up, which there were still many. But these tours fascinate me, and I thought it would be a good thing to quickly discuss. Absolutely. And so here's the thing with these. So a couple points. First of all, for you as a DIY band, you don't want to be on a package of more than two bands. Like having one other group of guys out there to like help you like see the way the road is cool. But like I see a lot of bands who try to do like a three band package and that just doesn't work because that for, that stops people from being able to book locals. And that's, you know, that's like part of the, the one of the key parts of promoting an effective tour. So I want to point that out. You know what I mean? Now, why do I think there are all these tours happening? Here's my thinking. Because we have seen, in the last few years, we have seen the rise of the mega deluxe package tour. Right? Uh, be it with, um, you know, Coheed and Cambria and Mastodon was an example of this. Um this, you know, this uh, Def Leppard Motley Crue tour. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of testament Black Dahlia murder. I think it's because it's becoming harder to draw on all levels and people need to, um, you know, they want to still pack the house. And I think that, uh, you know, it's important to do stuff like the, um, you know, like the Black Dahlia Testament tour is really valuable because Black Dahlia and Testament are bands who play nice together, but two totally separate fan bases. Right? Keith? Yes, definitely. Uh, I was going to say, not only do they play nice together, but they're definitely going to draw different fans as well as the openers municipal waste obviously has a lot in common with testament meshiac is kind of a older newer old guys in a new band of thrash people so it's called a buy on you're allowed to say it yeah yeah well we, i was about to you just helping me out with the segue i was going to ask next about is so in these cases there are going to be some buy-ons um not and so what is a buy-on keith well before that i was going to say not fest roadshow slipknot is a band that doesn't need to have bands do a buy-on they're going to make their money no matter who's on tour so last year really quick slipknot had all these metal bands with them amon amarth behemoth etc and this year they've completely done a 180 
And the Slipknot Roadshow lineup this year is uh, A Day to Remember, Under Oath, and Code Orange, which I think is an awesome bill and is very smart by Slipknot. None of those bands is probably a buy-on. Code Orange has the same label as Slipknot, by the way. Um, definitely not a buy-on. Definitely an invite. But uh, let's now that I've got that out of my system. The Code Orange touring with Slipknot thing is crazy because, like... <laughs> I remember talking to them about Slipknot like six years ago. Right. Show. And, and they are probably the most Slipknot influenced band of any newer getting popular band in, in the whole scene right now. hundred percent. I I'm just still like, just as like a, 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 a nerd, I'm like still not over the fact that like, I wasn't friends with them, but like there were people I'd say, they were people I would say hello to. And that's just kind of nuts to me. Anyway, um, all this to say, uh, so why why do you think, Keith, that there are so many more package stores happening these days? Well, I had speculated this uh, the other night while I was at Machine Head and uh, you were at Yatra, which I should probably, as much as I enjoyed my show, I was missing not being at your show with you. Um, I feel like some of your mid-level to big bands would rather have multiple shows at a smaller venue or a package tour that can pack a venue once really impressively rather than have an undersold, less banned bill. Yeah, and this is something I was talking about with um, a certain very known manager about Five Finger Death Punch, is that no one in Europe actually knows what Five Finger Death Punch are worth because they've never done just them. You know, first they were opening, 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 and now it's like headlining with Judas Priest. Which is like, or sorry, with Megadeth, right? So it's like, you still don't know actually how, and and a big part of why they're headlining is because Dave Mustaine probably didn't want to sign on to something where you'd have to sing for an hour and a half every night, but the doctor said, look, you can sing for 45 minutes a night. That's probably true, but I think he's got got a clean bill of health, and I saw some of the footage. He sounds great, and I hear you. Well, 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 yeah, but I I, I think... His well-being is crucial right now. Yeah, I think if I was a metal singer and I had the choice between, you know, hour and a half a night and being in pain and swallowing my pride and doing 45 minutes, I'd, uh... You know, um, now all this to say, um, all this to say, but that's a strategy bands employ and you're absolutely right. It's to, it's to kind of build this illusion of, oh, well, you know, cause like, I, I don't think Testament could sell out some of these rooms. They're playing with, um, Black Dahlia on their own, but because like you said, it's two separate, but audiences that play nice together. It works out. Now, this being said, I want to point out the two separate audience thing is not always a good idea. It has to be carefully done, right? Um, There have been uh, tours that my friends have been on where the package didn't make sense and it left people feeling confused and frustrated with their hard-earned dollars, right? Um, an example I feel comfortable citing is when Starkill opened for Sepultura um, years ago, mm. right? Starkill is doing 
pretty, you know, um, melodic metal with, you know, hot guys and Sepultura is a legendary thrash band. Um, you know, and, and both are cool, but like, it just didn't make sense. You know, it's like, it just means that people weren't interested in Starkill. You know what I mean? Cause Starkill, you know, so it's, it's gotta be this balance that is tricky to figure out, but you know, it, it's hard, it's hard to figure out, you know, what is actually relevant and what is not relevant, you know? Um, I think when Ecstatic Vision toured with Enslaved, I think that was probably not a great choice because it um, it, ju- it just confused the audience. Although Enslaved has such a cross, uh, no, uh, uh, should have a cross genre appeal. I, I think it, well, no, but this is the thing, right? Is it makes sense <laughs> musically Sorry. sometimes, but it doesn't make sense in terms of what the fan base actually is. Would you agree on that distinction? I do. You know, and, and sometimes musically it's like, okay, well, these are two bands that sound the same. But in praxis, um, you know, uh, Slayer fans look completely different from, I don't know, uh, Sodom fans. Oh, for sure. You know, and, and that's important to realize. Um, but yeah, so now on the now the other thing to keep in mind to what res, what responsibility? So I think there's sort of this feel sentiment, Keith, among younger bands that um, the bigger guys have a responsibility to take the little guys out. To what extent do you feel that they have that responsibility? And furthermore. Um, to what extent do you feel they have that responsibility? And furthermore, to what extent do you see that actually happening? Well, I think it's a mixed bag. I think on some, listen, the headline band, their management, their book, the booking uh, agency, they hold the responsibility ultimately for the success of the tour as the prime stakeholder. Is it only up to them? Is it up to the venues? Is it up to record labels? Is it up to the sponsors of the tour? Yes, it's all, all those things. I don't think you can ask a baby band or a buy-on band to shoulder the responsibility to do this. And you and I have both seen cases where there is like the eight-band buy-on, so the headline band can barely afford to tour. It shouldn't be. And they can have a cushion yeah. tour bus while everybody fronts their money and doesn't make anything. You know, this ain't Warp Tour. We're talking about a regular tour at a bar with a pool table. I'm not even talking about legit venues. So I guess maybe yeah, a there's, good um, to- <clears throat> there, there's a certain band uh, where, uh, in, in, <laughs> trying to, you know what band I'm trying to talk about. I'm trying to think of like a... I mean, I can think of several we can't name, but like I can't name because, you know, yeah. relationships. But here, let's, let's do this. Let's spin this in an interesting way, which is... What, what, like, what's the takeaway for if you're an up-and-coming band or you're an unsigned band or you're offered a buy-on, do you take it? Do you not? Under what circumstances? Okay, so first of all, just to clarify for people who don't know, what is a buy-on? Because we, we never actually said that. Oh, I'm sorry, because I segued. A buy-on, yeah, it's all good, brother. A buy-on 
is very is a very common practice still to this day. Probably should get outlawed, but okay, sometimes it's necessary for opening bands to get onto a tour with national touring acts across the world, and they basically don't make any money. They don't draw a salary. They don't get paid for the tour for any shows. They're not part of the guarantee of any venue. They pay to be on the tour. That money goes to usually the headline act or it's split up with them and their management label, et cetera. And the opening band gets to sell merch, although it's at the price point of the headline band. And um, maybe they can do meet and greets to make money, but really not going to make any money on the tour. Yeah, who, who, who wants to do a meet and greet with an unsigned band? Sometimes. Sometimes. You never know. I've seen some. I saw Alien Weaponry when they were like on their first tour of America, and people were dying to hang out with them and meet them because they were so good on stage. Except shout out, shout out to Alien Weaponry. Yes. This is Dumb and Dumbest, and you have been listening. Are we done yet?